The king relented. Safety is an illusion, Costas. A thief might fall at any time, and eventually the day must come when the god will let him. Whether I am on a rafter three stories up, or on a staircase three steps up, I am in my god's hands. He will keep me safe, or he will not, here or on the stairs. The attendants did fruitlessly throw themselves at the railing, but he was out of their reach. Ignoring them, he continued on along the rafter, leaning gracefully to step around the trusses where they dropped from the roof in diagonals to join the rafter. Me every time I get up on a step stool. Can you imagine if you never had to worry about falling off anything ever again? (laughs) For Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) Welcome, palace guards. I'm Noelle. And I'm Caitlin. And this is the Atolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to get you through the wait for Return of the Thief. It's March 8th, 2020. And we have some news. Uh, Not sure if you guys have already heard, but the release date for Return of the Thief has been pushed back again to October 6th, 2020. We're not going to do a countdown anymore. I think we're just going to call it a day on that one. It'll get here when it gets here. (laughs) And we will be grateful. It could happen at any time, really. Just like a god dropping you. (laughs) So keep an eye out. Uh... The book just might be thrown at your head at any time. (laughs) That's how they're going to publish it. So this is King of Atolia, Chapter 12, Part 2. Part 2. Which is uh, the scene with Costas and Jen on the roof and then sparring the next day. But before we get to that, we're going back again to (laughs) Queen of Atolia because, you know, last episode we were talking about... Last time we were talking about the friend on Tumblr who said that the he said he wouldn't be here from Queen of Atolia was referring to Jen, meaning like Jen told them she, he thinks she would just kill him. And so Mr. Chatterbox Column replied to that on Tumblr saying, I've just been catching up and came looking to make sure someone had said this. It never occurred to me that it might mean anyone else. I figured it was an important turning point because this is in a chapter from Atolia's point of view, so we know she heard it, and this is giving her evidence that Jen has been telling her the truth all along. Oh my god, man. You guys are blowing my mind. You've convinced me. <laughs> it really, it's what you bring to it. Yeah. And, like, maybe if I had read that scene on a different day in a different mood, I would have been like, yeah, of course, that's what that means. It's, we need, we really need to crowdsource the experience. Yes. And that's what this show is all about. And then one more uh, Tumblr thing I want to quote. I've had this saved for weeks just waiting to get to this chapter because it just encapsulates how I feel about this This scene with Costas and Jen on the rooftop. is. It's just a, a normal post from Fred Golds on Tumblr saying... Incidentally, the famous chronolation scene was when I was like, oh, Queen's Thief is about love, isn't it? Like, this whole book is a tug of war between artifice and vulnerability with Jen bullying Costas and Costas deciding he would die for him, Jen allowing Costas to see him at his lowest and then sending him away, but here finally, there's just this. Casual, naked affection unironically reciprocated for the first time, the intimacy of knowing and being known. Is this a sense of humor, Costas? I do have one. Your Majesty, good for you. That's love, bitch. <laughs> you did it. You boiled Queen's Thief down to its bare essentials. Yes. 
so many good ideas coming out of Tumblr today. I love that post. That's how I feel, guys. (laughs) There are so many raw freaking lines in this pair of scenes. I can't believe we decided we weren't going to say the F word on this show. (laughs) I regret that every day. But it's just boom, 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 boom. Revelation. Costas gets dragged out of bed uh, by Eris, or a messenger sent by Eris. Uh, The poor messengers. They're just... (laughs) They never have names. uh, And they must deal with so much. But he gets dragged out of bed uh, because Jen is on the ramparts. He's on the crenellations, which, if you're not familiar, is the... You know, the the top of a castle, how it kind of... It looks like teeth. Yeah, it goes down, uh, which is like an arrow could be shot through there. It's that bit. And he's on top of there, and he's jumping from one to the other. So he's balancing on tiny ledges that are, like, probably six inches wide by, like, three feet tall. I mean, long. While drunk. While drunk. That's the kicker. Over, (laughs) like, a 400-foot drop to the ground. There's a small crowd of dudes just standing there underneath with no idea what to do they can't get him to get down so they brought in costas they brought in the the cavalry the emotional cavalry of costas <laughs> to try and get him to come down and it's such a great scene costas says no at first yeah it's like absolutely not you are not putting this on me this is not hell. gonna be my responsibility yeah, when Costas gets angry enough, he does not care who he's talking to. Punch a king in the face. Tell the the heirs of all the barons in the country, screw you. <laughs> That's my dude. That's my <laughs> poor silly bastard. Costas really gets uh, just unnecessarily dragged. <laughs> he, he is called uh, by They made Jen. a list. You poor silly bastard, you stupid bastard, and you idiot. But it's with, it's a really, with, love. with tenderness. Uh, he also says, in the course of your blundering innocence, <laughs> he sees Costas as a blundering innocent. And uh, when Costas gets there and, like, approaches the king making little scuffing sounds to make sure he doesn't startle him, uh, it says, Costas, said Eugenides, without turning around, and that just made me think of, I haven't seen too much of 30 Rock, but do you know <laughs> that scene where... Honestly, the, the first few people I did that to were not you. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, the main character walks into her boss's office and he says, Lemon, I've been expecting you. And she says, how did you know that was me? To be perfectly honest, the first few people I did that to were not you. <laughs> <laughs> this would, uh... It would make a great sitcom. It would. Just a slice of life in the palace. Jen appearing places he really reasonably shouldn't be. Another thing that Costas says before he actually goes up and engages Jen is he probably does this sort of thing all the time at home. At home, meaning in Edis. And that they still, they think of Jen as a foreigner. Mm -hmm. He is away from home. This is not his home. Yeah. And maybe it never will be. Oh, no. No, that's too sad. We can't do that. (laughs) It has to be sometime. He does a hell of a lot of looking out that window. Mm. Jen is so goddamn cool here. Once again, I hate him. (sighs) He's 
standing on his hand, singular. One-handed handstand. And who can even do that not drunk on the ground? (laughs) No one. Hopping around, talking about faith in the middle of the night. Deep. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot about faith here. Yeah, he says, um, Costas is worried Obviously, at the drunken handstand 400 feet over the ground. And Jen says that this might look dumb, but this is an expression of my faith. My name faith. is Jen and this is Jackass. <laughs> that this is just an expression of my faith that I know the god won't let me die doing something this stupid. <laughs> and Costa says, your god might be offended. Um... And Jen says, my god keeps a very close eye on me. He's not one of those ten devotees to the average dozen priests on every corner type of god. He will keep me safe. And to think about faith in the context of a world where uh, the existence of gods is not in dispute. I mean, for general people it might be. But Jen... He has he, the proof. <laughs> yeah, the, the his faith is not a question of whether mm-hmm. he believes in the existence of the god Eugenides, it's the complexity of his relationship with the god. Right. And that's very cool that, like, your god existing and interacting with you doesn't stop faith from being complicated, and in fact, maybe even makes it a little more complicated. Yeah, because you don't just have, you know, other people with blind faith who don't have that type of relationship with religion just have the blind faith that they will be fine. But it's not that easy for Jen. Because Jen knows at this point that, like, okay, he's important to his god, but the god has an agenda. Yeah, he knows he's being used, you know. He's already lost a hand. He says, I may make a poor king with only one hand, but the gods know I'd be no king at all if I had to. In the context of you can't strangle people with two hands. <laughs> like He's been, um, been pushed into this path Mm -hmm. and it's interesting he says so the reason he like had to get drunk and try and bury the truth the truth he's trying to bury is that uh basically he hates being king but uh he says if you are going to reject the god's rewards costas you have to go very carefully and then explains like He's tired of listening to praying idiots tell him how lucky he is and he just hates being king but he's afraid uh, he says, like, this is the one thing he's ever gotten himself into that he can't get out of. I don't want out of it, Costas. I'm terrified that if they know how much I hate it, they might take it away. And it's interesting that he sees being king as a reward. Yeah. As, like, meant from the gods as a reward. If you're going to reject the gods' rewards, you have to go very carefully. I think that's how most people would see it. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that he struggles so much with his ambivalence about it. Mm-hmm. Because it it's something that people would wish for. And I guess it is tied up into, you know, he did want the quote-unquote reward of marrying Irene. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously inseparable from it. No glory shall be your reward for me. <gasps> and the god Eugenides appears. <gasps> he shows up. And why is this the moment? In this entire book, when the god shows up. Hmm. Well, taking Costas into account, Costas is already, you know, 100% on board with the king at this point. So Mm -hmm. now 
But he doesn't necessarily like Jen has won Costas's respect and even awe, but I don't think Costas is quite ride or die. Like he's still like, don't put this on me. Don't make me responsible for him. I was under the impression he was only saying that because he was still mad, you know? Yeah. At being dropped. And then in in this scene, he realizes Jen was just doing that to keep him safe. So now he's fine. Why do you think it's in there at that point? You mean like, why did Megan put it at that point instead of someone yeah. else? Yeah. Like, is this... It feels like it... the climax of the story to me. Like, it, I don't think it would have fit anywhere earlier. Is it Jen's sort of long, dark night of the soul, you know? <laughs> and in this moment, obviously, it's not a private moment because nothing in this entire book is a private moment. That's what I wanted to say, though. Like, the attendants are out of earshot, right? Yeah, it's pretty it's much the closest thing to privacy to privacy that Jen is getting in this book. Yeah. And it happens in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and he's drunk, which is a vulnerable thing to be, to be drunk when everyone else is sober. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this is arguably the climax of the book and not when he's kicking the shit out of everybody... <laughs> Uh, is a cool idea. Yeah. Costas' reaction to the god appearing is also very interesting. It's, he's, I don't know how I would describe it. He's not, what's the word for this? Like, he's, like, it's not a positive reaction. That's what I'm trying to say here. He ain't happy about it. No. He's disturbed. Uh, Like, basically, like, his mind is trying to reject the idea that the only real thing in the universe is how he describes I love that image, that suddenly Jen and Costas and all the solid things around them They're just dust. They're just nothing. Transparent, and this is what's real. This is being that is metal! And then the next day, he describes this whole interlude with the god he describes it as a nightmare yeah because it it for a moment strips him of all his illusions of Mm -hmm. permanence yeah i mean everybody to some extent just by virtue of the way that consciousness works thinks of themselves as the center of the universe Mm -hmm. on some level someone who will never die yeah and in the presence the actual presence of a god uh all of that is revealed as the falsehood that it is Mm -hmm. and that's an unfun experience yeah at three in the morning (laughs) (laughs) i want more to come of costas's views on religion after this yeah and was he meant to see it or hear it rather yeah i guess i mean i personally think that that would make a lot of sense that like part of the god's plan you know jen is you know recruiting costas to get to Teleus and also just to have someone who's loyal to them that he can trust but it wouldn't surprise me at all if part of the god's plan is also recruiting costas as part of the larger scheme of things like when he went to medea um Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read Thickest Thieves, skip forward 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> we, we, but, we talk about Thickest Thieves so much. That, that ship has sailed. We've wrecked it for all of you. Um, 
And then Costas falls down a dry well in Thickest Thieves and doesn't die because the god is protecting him. I hadn't thought about it that way, Caitlin. Yeah, dude. Right? Oh, man. How else? How <laughs> else? so obvious. Yeah. How else couldn't he have died? He I didn't even break any bones. about it. Yeah. It took me a while, like a few rereads to be like, wait a minute. And then Costas is like super chill when mythical hero figures from legends of old show up. So I think he's, from those two things, he's clearly must, that tells me he must have had some sort of inner reckoning Yeah. <laughs> with the idea that gods can come and talk to you. And he's cool with it by that point, but I want more about that. Costas is very much more okay. like rolling with the punches yeah, and thick as thieves. Yeah, as it comes. Yeah. <laughs> Life is already so goddamn weird. And speaking of thick as thieves... It seems that this is the point where Jen gets the idea of sending Costas over there because he says, I was thinking of Nehuzeresh and uh, let me pull it up because I didn't. And also sending Costas away somewhere. Yeah. He was saying that um, like Costas has been targeted with like three assassination attempts just because he's the confidant of a king or he's seen as one, whatever. Jen doesn't want to send Costas to my cousin who is Edis, which is a phrase that I love uh, because he would be embarrassed. Love it. And he hates being embarrassed, which is a, it's a surprising character trait given the frequency with which he is embarrassed. His behavior all day, every time. <laughs> but I think that we can, like, Jen differentiates between something that he does on purpose that other people uh, interpret as embarrassing and actually something that makes him embarrassed. Yeah, because he's in control of the first narrative, but not the second. Yeah, like Jen is is shameless most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he says, like, I was just thinking of Nehuzerish and then says, you know, he needs to find out what to do with Costas, but... It does give me an idea of what to do with you, so I think that's when the seed of the idea was planted. But I want to know, who do you think is trying to assassinate Costas, and why? And why? To what end? What's the point? Ugh. Okay, so if they're thinking of Costas as the confidant of the king, specifically or... that word confidant, somebody who the king tells personal stuff to... That would mean that Costas has with information. Tina, yes, wink, wink. Um, Costas would have information, so Costas would be a valuable person who could be used by various parties. But that's and thrown so, out the window if you just kill him. Well, maybe the idea is we kill him and then nobody gets to have that advantage. Mm. We're just going to take this off the board before somebody else gets to it because if somebody you know buys costas they can't be sure that somebody else hasn't given costas more money yeah it's the elimination of a wild card also it could just be petty yeah like trying to destabilize jen's situation yeah like it's shown that jen cares about one person who's vulnerable to attack because the queen sure isn't and let's just kill that guy out of spite because we don't like the king speaking of wink wink uh the king chuckled in the dark 
a warm sound that Costas couldn't help responding to. Also, when the king finally straightened, Costas didn't let him go and the king didn't pull away. Costas held him. Eyes emoji. Nice, 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 <laughs> nice, 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 nice. <laughs> and then Costas has a clever plan. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> In the sparring scene. But is the extent of that plan just, you know, walk me through this. He was thinking, what, that he's going to lose the sword fight, but then people are going to see the... Costas talks about how his honor was compromised by the fact that people think that Jen told him to lie. uh, Because people think that Costas must have taken out the assassins for him. Mm -hmm. And so if people know that Jen is capable of defending himself, thank you very much then they know that Costas isn't a liar. It also pushes Mm. Jen out into the open more generally, which is beneficial. That does make sense. I hadn't thought of that, that... Like, I hadn't realized forcing Jen to show that he can fight is proof for Costas. I don't think Costas intends it to snowball quite so much as it does. Yeah. (laughs) And when Costas says this about his honor... Jen says something that's very revealing, which is that isn't your honor, that's the public perception of your honor. And there's a distinction there. And a lot of people would think about honor as just reputation. But Jen knows that there's something fundamental about him that matters more than what fools think. And maybe that's related to like his own awareness of, like he talks to the gods. <laughs> He's in on the larger perspective on stuff. Also, it was a farce. You're damn right it was. <laughs> the whole book is kind of a farce. So that goes back again to this whole thing is a joke, but whose joke it is played on who. Oh, I'm so excited for the next chapter when Atolikus yes. shows up. At the end of this fight, when Costas has all the way lost, Jen says, will you serve me and my god? And Gossi says, yes, your majesty. And he says, then come out, knowing that you'll never die of a fall unless the god himself drops you. How does this polytheism with a concept of patrons work? Yeah. Can you I'm only interested in that. be like a, a follower of one god? No, I don't think that's how it goes. I think you can worship however many of them you want, but you have one that you're more devoted to than others like it says in here Costas's patron god is miris for light and arrows and soldiers but he joined the miris cult as a trainee with his friends which makes me think like oh it's maybe just kind of the thing to do once you join the guard yeah um it's fashionable religion <sighs> i would like to know more about Costas's relationship with the god eugenides is eugenides going to be keeping a closer eye on Costas because Costas is Jen worships the cool obscure god you probably haven't heard of him Maris was so two weeks ago (laughs) damn I don't know like ideologically if I were Costas and I've been worshipping the Aetolian invader gods for my whole life and sincerely believing in them and then you get the proof that the Edesian gods also exist but he's believed in the Aetolian gods forever. How does he reconcile that? Like, you know, I'm assuming both 
sets of gods have their own like origin stories or whatever so does yeah. he would he just conclude like i don't know the Aetolian gods are fake or are they just <laughs> is there room for both how many layers are there here <laughs> how far does this go are the invaders gods in charge of the invaders part of the world and they've left here like who knows and then we further complicate this with thickest thieves in the cock and yeah. in the car exist and come down to help out and they aren't even like, gods yeah they're just legendary dudes who <laughs> are somehow immortal <laughs> and all-knowing i mean or what, something to what extent uh are the gods like created and sustained by people's belief you know yeah like and do we've we- mentioned before about how like the the plan for by the Adesian gods in uniting the peninsula and getting out the mead is because if the mead come in these gods would disappear if they had no worshippers we've talked about yeah. that theory and so people just the act of people telling the stories over and over creates these it's a little american godsy mm. That's chapter 12, part 2. Next time, a group of grown men have nothing better to do than hit each other with sticks. Send us your comments, questions, thoughts. Chime in at atolianarchives.tumblr.com. Be blessed in your endeavors. Thank you for listening. This has been an amateur and murder production. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available.